0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We've been in a series called The Long Game. It's really a journey of faith and it's, um, we continue this series in faith and it's been a great series as we all need to Uh, practice a little bit more faith in our life and if we want to live a life that is pleasing to God then guess what we got to be able to practice faith in our life and I don't know about you but for me I want to live a life that is pleasing to God I want to please God today I want to discuss another person we've been discussing different people uh, in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, Old Testament characters that practice great faith and we're going to we're going to highlight another person in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. and This person is, pro- is, is well known, but he may be the most controversial person listed in the Hall of Faith. His name is really synonymous with strength. In fact, there's an entire uh, brand of luggage that is named after, after him called Samsonite. Uh, the person I'm speaking of, of course, is Samson. And when you read the life of Samson, you don't necessarily see why he, would he be listed... In the hall of faith. Why is he listed in Hebrews chapter 11? I mean, you can kind of understand why Abraham is listed. I mean, he is the father of faith, and you can understand why David is listed in Hebrews chapter 11. But why is Samson located there? Most of the messages I have ever heard, and probably many of the messages that you have heard through your lifetime about Samson, is mostly focused on his failures, not his faith. So, why is Samson mentioned in the hall of faith? I've read a couple of articles that suggest having Samson's name listed in Hebrews 11 is basically a mistake. But I don't know about you, I don't believe that God makes mistakes. So I think there's a purpose for his name to be there. If Samson's name is mentioned in Hebrews 11, then the question is why? The question is why? That's what we should be asking. Today I want to discuss Samson's story and discover if Samson is a man of faith. And if so, what can we learn and apply to our lives? What part of his faith that we can that is revealed in scripture that we can take and apply it to our lives? As we begin, it's important to recognize that Hebrews chapter 11 is not a list of perfect people. It's a list of people who had faith. If it was a list of perfect people, then we should say that David should not be on that list, or nor should Moses be on that list, because they are both, we murderers, if you read your Bible, you'll find out they both killed people. And we wouldn't want to see that Jacob should be on that list, because we know that Jacob lied to his father, Jacob was a liar. And then there's Rahab that's on the list, and Rahab is known as a prostitute in the Bible, so she's far from perfect. So you can find fault with every person that is on this list in Hebrews chapter 11. So the list is not about perfection. That's one of the things I want to make clear to you today. It's not about perfection. The list is about people who had great faith. You can read Samson's story in Judges chapter 13 through 16. But for the sake of time, because that's four long chapters, and for the sake of time today, I'm going to highlight parts of his story to you. Samson is from the tribe of Dan. If you remember, there's 12 tribes of Israel and Samson comes from the tribe of Dan. He really was a miracle baby because his parents were unable to conceive children. One day, an angel of the Lord appeared to Samson's mother and informs her that she would conceive a child and that this child would be dedicated to God as a Nazarene from birth and that Samson would be the one who would rescue the Israelites from the Philistines. Now, a Nazarite vow was a vow of separation and consecration before God. Usually a Nazarite vow had a specific time frame, a beginning and an end. But for Samson, there was not a specific time frame. It started from the time of his conception, and it went all the way to his death. Even his mother honored the vow. As she carried Samson in her womb, she practiced the Nazarite vow so that from the very time of conception, he would be considered a Nazarite. It was a long-life vow ordained by God himself to set Samson apart for his purpose. The vow had specific restrictions. It required abstinence from wine or fermented drink. Including, it also included grapes or raisins. During a Nazarite vow, that person could not cut their hair, and they, could not also, they, they were forbidden to touch the dead. Samson was the last judge of Israel and served in his position for 20 years, just to give you a little bit of history about Samson. Again, this is during those dark days of Israel as, the, as, as Israel had turned their backs on God. But let's look at some of the events in Samson's life that required faith. Many times we look at Samson's failure, but today I'm not going to look at his failure. I want to look at the faith that was required of a man that God called from the time of conception to his death to be set apart, to be consecrated for him for a purpose, and that was to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. The first thought I see in Samson was this, a faith to believe that he was set apart by God. Before he was born, Samson was chosen by God to be a judge that would begin the deliverance of Israel from the Philistines. Listen to the words that are spoken from the angel of the Lord to Samson's mother in Judges chapter 13, verse 5. You will become pregnant. This is an angel speaking to Samson's mother. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut. For he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth, he will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Samson was set apart for God's purpose. His birth is similar to John the Baptist and even to Jesus. As an angel of the Lord comes to the parents and they de- the angel of the Lord declares to the parents the purpose of their child. God's plan for their lives. You would think Samson's name would, be, would mean strength. But actually his name in the Hebrew means son. S-U-N. It's an interesting name that is chosen, but as a deliverer of, of the Israelites during these dark times, it's an appropriate name, the son that was delivering the Israelites out of darkness. Think of the faith required of Samson to believe all that is spoken over him by his parents. He lives a life set apart for God even as a young child. He chooses to believe God's purpose for his life. Now, most Nazarite vows were for a short period of time, yet Samson's was for his lifetime. My takeaway from this that I want to put application for you and for me today is this. As a follower of Jesus, we are set apart for God's purpose. When you choose to make that commitment that I am going to follow Jesus, you are, cho- you are choosing to set apart your life for, for a life of holiness that is going to go after Christ. Now, I'm not saying that you're perfect. I'm not saying that you're not going to make mistakes. But you're setting apart your, your life in faith in Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Do you believe that you are set apart for God's purpose? Listen to what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2.10. 2, 10, chapter 2, verse 10. Powerful words. Listen to his words. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As followers of Jesus, we are set apart for God's purpose. The the second action of faith that I want to share with you today is that Samson had the faith to follow God and not man. Many times we miss this about Samson. We, we so much focus on his faults that we never focus on his faith. In Judges chapter 14, you will discover that Samson sees a Philistine woman and he desires to marry her. Now, this is before Delilah, this is before her, this is another Philistine woman, the very first one. And listen to how Samson's parents responded to the news that Samson shares with them. Judges chapter 14, verse 3. The parents say, isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among the, all the Israelites that you could marry? They asked, why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? Now, I don't know why, but many times when we read God's word, we stop at that verse, and for some reason, we don't keep on following down, we don't read the next verse, or we don't comprehend or apply it. But listen to the following verse, verse uh, Judges 14, verse 4. His father and mother didn't realize... That the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who who rule over Israel at that time. As you continue to read the story, you find out that Samson marrying this Philistine woman was all a part of God's plan and God's purpose for the Israelites. Many times in life, people with good intentions will try to distract you from God's plan. This is a takeaway I want you to take from this, this point. This should remind all of us that when we know God is leading us, we need to be willing to step out in faith and trust the plan that he has given us. Even if it doesn't always make complete sense. Because see, there's times in our lives that God asks us to do things that's not going to make sense. But we, gotta re- we, we are required to step out in faith and choose to follow God. Even during those times, even during those difficult times. The key is knowing that God is leading you. Samson knew that God was leading him. He followed in faith, even when his parents were going like, what are you doing, Samson? Several times in my life, I knew God was speaking in my life. Yet I had good people who had good intentions speaking to me, sharing with me that I shouldn't do what God was telling me. They didn't understand that God really was. They just saw me doing something. They thought, man, you're going to make a mistake here, Tom. You shouldn't do that. And what I'm trying to share with you today, if you're truly following after God... Go after God. I'm not saying that anything should take you against God's word. But what happens is that we live a life in this culture that sometimes when we're doing something, it looks like a great sacrifice. And some people are thinking, why are you making that huge sacrifice? But if God has called you to do it, there is reward if you choose to follow in faith and put your practice or put your faith into practice. What voice are you choosing to follow? Maybe God is speaking to you, but you keep listening to the outside voices. I've been there. I've done that. God is speaking to me, and these other voices or keep on talking to, into my ear and my mind. And, I, and, I, and what am I going to choose to follow? I encourage you today to narrow your focus and discover what God is speaking into your life. Follow the voice of the Lord, and he will help you defeat your enemies and give you victory. A third action that I want to share with you today of of Samson's faith is this. His faith to recognize God's power is during this time when Samson is looking to get married that Samson is attacked by a lion. But scripture states that the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he literally rips the lion's jaws wide open apart with his bare hands. When we read this, we don't necessarily look at the faith that's required by Samson. So many times when we read the story of Samson, we don't look at his faith. We just think about his strength. Man, this guy is a brute. This guy is a beast. Man, he can rip a lion's jaws apart. How can he do this? Well, I'll tell you how he does this. He does it by the power of God. It requires faith for for Samson to believe in God's power. He's not just a strong person. He can't just do this in his own strength. If you read Scripture, it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, the power of God gave him the power to rip that lion's jaws wide open. And there's times in your life, in my life, where we need to accept and receive and understand and believe in God's power. That God has the power, guess what, to overcome cancer. That God has the power, guess what, to overcome unemployment. That God has the power, guess what, to help me in my mortgage payment when I don't have the money in my account to pay it. God has the power to do what anything with God. God is possible. You see Samson recognized he wasn't just a strong man in muscles or in strength or in physical strength. He was a strong man because he believed in the spirit of God. And God's spirit rested upon him. It takes faith. Catch this. Cuz this is really interesting. I read through all four of the chapters that talks about Samson several times this week cuz I was getting ready to to share this message. And do you know there's not one time in Scripture where you read of Samson using a man-made weapon of war to win his battles? Each time he relies solely on the power of God. And as I was reading this, a Scripture popped into my mind in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The Spirit of God was Samson's strength. Samson wasn't doing this through human strength. His victory was in the power of God. I believe there's a great truth here that needs to be applied to our lives. How many times do we try to fight our own battles and lose? How many times do we take our own battles, we try to fight them in our own strength, and we lose the battle? What's the truth? If you go into battle, write this down, if you go into battle... Make sure it's God's battle, not yours. Make sure it's God's battle. If it's the Lord's battle, guess what? You're going to be victorious because the Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon you. The lion scene begins a crazy series of events which starts... Uh, the deliverance of the Israelites from the Philistines. And, and this is a long chapter, and for the sake of time, I can't share all of it, so I'm just going to give you some highlights of the stories. But you can read it for yourself in Judges chapter 14 and chapter 15. It's a great read. I encourage you to do so. But let me give you a quick highlight of the events. Remember, Samson is going to marry a Philistine woman. But by the time the, everything is said and done, the father-in-law had given, catch the father-in-law had given Samson's wife over to uh, the best man at the wedding. So basically, Samson's wife ends up marrying the best man. I mean, this makes up a great soap opera. They should just use this right now. It literally sets off a firestorm where Samson destroys all the crops of the town by fire. He goes out and catches 300 foxes. He ties their tails together. He puts a torch and he sends them off. And they go through and they basically burn all the crops of the town because Samson's wife was given to another man. When the Philistines find out what takes place, they are so angry that they go and find Samson's... You read this in the Bible. This is not me making it up. This is a true story in Judges. They go out and they find the woman that Samson was going to marry, and they find the father-in-law, and they actually murder both of them. They kill both of them because of the wrong that they had committed. Can you imagine all of this? But you have to read the rest of the details for yourself. But what eventually happens is the Philistines are so angry with Samson even though they caught up with the woman, they caught up with the father-in-law, they, they, they took care of them. They're still so angry at Samson because he burned all their crops. That they set up camp in Judah and they began to attack the Israelites after, one after another. They just started attacking the Israelites. The Israelites can't figure out why are we being attacked. And all of a sudden the Philistines claim we are after Samson. Let's read what happens next in Judges chapter 2. 15, verses 11 through 15. So 3,000 men of Judah went down to get Samson at the cave in the rock of Etam. They said to Samson, don't you realize the Philistines rule over us? What are you doing? What, What are you doing this? Why are you doing this? But Samson replied, I only did to them what they did to me. But the men of Judah told him, we have come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. All right, Samson said. But promise that you won't kill me yourselves. We will only tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. They replied, we won't kill you. So they tied him up with two brand new ropes and brought him from the the rock. As Samson arrives at Lehi, the Philistines came shouting out with triumph. But the Spirit of the Lord, once again... The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson and he snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were burnt strands of flax and they fell from his wrists. Then he found the jawbone of a recently killed donkey. He picked it up and he killed 1,000 Philistines with it. This is a a highlight and example of Samson's faith. We've seen this truth in some of the previous stories in our series called The Long Game. This truth of this, faith to follow God alone, but I don't know that it's ever highlighted as well as in Samson's life. Think about it. Samson is betrayed by his own people. Three thousand men from the town of Judah come in and they, they, they capture Samson, he actually willingly goes with him, allows himself to be tied up, and they give him over to the Philistines. Now remember, Samson is called by God to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines, and the ones that he's actually supposed to deliver, the ones that God has called him to deliver are the ones that turn against him and betray him and turn him over to the Philistines. Samson is betrayed by his own people. The Israelites literally... Find the redeemer that God sent them. Doesn't that story sound a little familiar? It really points to the New Testament when Jesus, the Son of God, enters onto the scene. God sends Jesus, the deliverer of Israelites from the bondage of sin, but instead they betrayed him. He was betrayed by his own people. Listen to what the Apostle Paul or Apostle John writes in John chapter one verse eleven. He says, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Samson is having the same experiences that Jesus will have in the future, that all of a sudden his own people, the ones that he came to deliver, will reject him, will betray him. Notice that Samson doesn't hurt his own people. I think this is kind of a remarkable thing, that when they come up to go tie him up, when they come up to take him, he doesn't hurt his own people, but chooses to put his trust in God. That's faith. That's faith. He didn't turn on him. He allows himself to be captured and bound. But when the Philistines came out into the celebration, the spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson, and Samson kills a 1,000 of his enemies that day. It's the greatest single-handed victory of war ever recorded in the Bible. We know that David slew 300 men with a spear. But man, Samson this day, he kills over 1,000 men with a jawbone of a donkey. Verse 17 states that the name of this place that, that, took the, that took place for this battle is called Jawbone Hill. Man, I was thinking about that, Jawbone Hill. Doesn't that sound like a great movie? I mean, I'd pay big money if they make a movie, a Hollywood movie, Jawbone Hill. But as you can see, Samson is really a great example of faith. He knows he's called to rescue Israel, and he remains, he remains unwavering to his mission, even when it's his own people that has turned against him. Here's an amazing thought that I want to share with you today. You can read the entire story of Samson, the entire four chapters that's found in Judges, chapter 13 through 17. You can read those chapters. These four chapters are filled with heroic stories, and you will not see one story besides his birth with his, with his mama. Besides that one, you will not see one story where Samson is ever supported or assisted by another single person. The point I'm trying to make, that he chooses to follow after God completely alone. He doesn't have any support, but it tells me something that's so important for you and for me. That there's times in our life that we don't always need someone else. All we need is the Spirit of the Lord upon us. And we can do amazing things when we put our faith in God. He is fulfilling God's call upon his life without the help of anyone else but God's spirit. It demonstrates that power in your life. It's truly Zechariah 4:6, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. The last action of faith from Samson's life that I want to highlight today is this. The faith to trust God in the midst of failure. This is part of the story that so many people hear, so many people know about. When they talk about Samson, you immediately think about his wife, Delilah. That's what so many people understand. This Philistine woman that really betrayed Samson, but so many look at this whole story as Samson's fault and Samson's failure, which it really is in many ways. You can read this part of the account in Judges chapter 16. You see, Samson puts his guard down and marries this Philistine woman who once again is trying to betray Samson. In fact, as you read through Samson's story, time and time again, his entire life is filled with betrayal. Enticed by the Philistines, Delilah finds out Samson's source of strength. And these Philistine leaders offer Delilah, they offer each of them, offer her 1,100 pieces of silver if if she would be willing to betray her husband, Samson. It reminds me of someone else's betrayal. Jesus was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver by Judas, Jesus' Delilah. Samson eventually gives into the manipulation of his wife and tells her the secret that so many wanted to know where his source of strength. And he shares with her if his hair was ever cut because he's a, he's a, he took this Nazarite vow, and if his hair was ever cut, that he would lose his strength. That's where his strength was coming from. One night while Samson is asleep, Delilah cuts off seven locks of hair from his head and the spirit of the Lord leaves Samson and his strength is gone. The Philistines capture Samson and they gouge out his eyes and they put him in chains and they basically use him as an animal in prison where he's basically grinding up the grain. He's basically being used as an ox. It's a sad result of a life that has been consecrated to God. Samson allowed himself to be manipulated by man instead of listening to God. Remember what I was sharing before? What voice are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the Spirit of the Lord? Or are you going to give in and cave in to the manipulation of man or those that surround you? I'm telling you the truth today. You need to listen to the Spirit of the Lord. But let's read what happens next in verse 22 of Judges chapter 16. Something powerful takes place. But before long, his hair began to grow back, speaking of Samson. The Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their God, Dagon. They said, our God has given us victory over our enemy Samson. Now skipping down to verse 25. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he is brought from the prison to amuse them, And they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. So he is in this building And they're having this huge party. I mean, they're putting it on. And Samson's kind of the center of the party because they're making fun of this great Israelite, this great Samson that was supposed to be so strong, and now he's blinded, he can't see, he has no power. And he's placed between these two pillars that are holding up this great building. As you continue to read Samson's story, you discover that Samson made one final prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, Judges chapter 16, verse 28, if you want to read it. Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Please strengthen me just one more time. That day, the Lord honored Samson's requests. And Samson used the power that God gave him one more time. And he put his arms out upon that, those pillars and he started to Push. And as he continued to push, all of a sudden, the building started to shake. He pushed the pillars down, and everything came down upon him, but it also came down upon the Philistines. And that day, he killed 3,000 Philistines. you got to remember that the Philistines were the enemy of the Israelites. They were holding them in bondage. They were oppressing the people, and God was setting them free from the Philistines. What do you need to be set free from today? You see, it was the Spirit of God in Samson that gave him the strength to all of a sudden to set that free. It so much reminds me of Christ when all of a sudden Christ is on the cross, stretched out, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God upon him, because of his death, guess what? He set 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 us free from the bondage of sin. Samson began the freedom of the Israelites from the Philistines that day. It was Samson's final breath and final action of faith. Scripture states that Samson killed more people that day than in his entire lifetime it's a great reminder to all of us catch this thought it's a great reminder to all of us to never give up even in the midst of failure it's never too late to turn your faith back to God it's never too late You might think it's too late. You might be listening to the other voices that are speaking into your head and into your heart. You know what? You loser. You've done this. You've done that. It's too late. God doesn't love you anymore. You have been cast out. There is no hope for you. And I'm telling you right now, that is the enemy that is speaking to you. And my whole message today is that you don't listen to that anymore. Because you know, you understand because of this story that it is the Spirit of God that gives you and empowers you to overcome the enemy. Even in Samson's last breath, God honored his prayer. He defeated the Philistines with all the a sudden the supernatural power of God coming upon his life. It reminds me of the scripture in Genesis. What man intended for evil God intended for good. And this is the word that I want to end with you today. I want to share with you. I want you to write this down. I want you to take this. I want you to sleep with this. I want you to wake up in the morning this week. I want you to, if you're struggling in your faith if you're struggling that you don't have purpose, if you're struggling and you think that, man, God, I've made so many mistakes, there's no hope for me. I want you to write this down. I want you to repeat this, self. repeat this to yourself each and every day. In the morning when you wake up, at night before you go to bed, listen to these words. Never let your failures be your final outcome. Let your faith in God be what defines the destiny of your life. You have a destiny that God has called upon your life. And it requires great faith to step out and to believe and to put your trust in God. God has called you out. He has set you apart. You might not feel like that, but I'm telling you today, put your trust and your faith in God, and He will deliver you. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast.